Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. Today, our guest is Stephanie Duke-Prezel. She is an HR professional with over 19 years of experience delivering innovative and pragmatic human resource and technology solutions. Stephanie has a bachelor's in science from Columbia University and serves as a board member on the Briarcliff Manor Education Foundation. As far as hiring out there in any industry, who is responsible for getting the right fit to the culture? Great question. I think it's a partnership. Depending on what industry and how large your company is, it's kind of it could be a partnership. There could be a partnership between your recruiter and your hiring manager, or in some industries like retail, it's just the hiring manager. There are no recruiters when it comes down to that type of recruitment. But in the end, working with, even if it's working with a recruiter and a hiring manager, in the end, it's the hiring manager to make sure to pick the right fit for the culture and that team. So in my experience, I've seen where most organizations at a director level or uh, at at the work side are responsible for coming up with what that job is supposed to be doing, right? They're writing the the job descriptions and all those sorts of things. Is there a trend to try to get those, as you said, the manager at that level, the hiring manager, more involved with writing all that information? Because it seems to me that that's a weak link for most organizations. Yes, there is a trend for the hiring manager. And even there is a trend we're seeing out there that the incumbents, so someone that's doing that job day in and day out, that is a superstar to help write that job description. So we're actually seeing companies out there asking one of someone who's actually filling that role today um, to work on writing the job description with a hiring manager. Versus the other way around. Correct. Um, Very much so, um, because... Recruiters may look at it with a different lens to make sure for diversity and inclusion Mm. in the marketplace, but you always want to put the most knowledgeable person in writing that job description because, you know, in the end, it comes down to if you do hire someone and you've promised a different job to them, they're going to be unhappy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, looking a year out at the candidate who came into your company better to have the right job description so they understand what they're interviewing for too. So HR is not only the front end, right? It's not always the onboarding. It's keeping the good people still in the company, right? So how much of that work is does HR take? Um, very much so. With a focus on the future of work, with the focus of having fluidity between your talent across the globe, across different divisions and different job designs. So HR, you know, when you're looking into HR strategies, there's a high focus on internal mobility and moving people mm. around in the company. And that is fully aligned with HR and what they're looking to do for the business and the company. It ends up creating such a a disruption when people leave that if you're especially trying to fill that same role uh, and there's somebody, the vacancy is there, that ends up causing so much disruption. It's almost better to put the money into keeping that person and maybe move them to a different, if they're looking for a change. 
Correct. Yes, if they're looking for change. And you'll see, usually within businesses, there's more than one person looking for a change. And it may be part of a change. It may be fully changed. Also, you know, in HR, we also say that if you are comfortable, you're probably not growing, right? There's a little mm. bit, if you want to have a little bit of uncomfortableness in your job so that you have a growth mindset. Um, and I think that companies are looking within themselves, in their own companies, and their own people to say, how might we give someone a new opportunity to try something new and maybe even step up and do something. So right, right. very much so, you know, even the level um, to get pro- to productivity for the business is faster if it's an internal movement. Is that industry specific or does that just kind of a general that fits everybody? That fits every, and especially right now with five generations in the workforce and with the future of work with a lot of automation coming into play so that we can, you know, humans make decisions, right? And the automation there is just to crunch the data so that we can make the decision Mm -hmm. across all industries that I've been working with. This is very much internal movement. There's always a will and a time and a need to do external recruitment, right? We always, you know, no company is probably, you know, less attrition rates are usually around um, the 10%, that, mm. you know, companies will be looking externally, but there's a focus on um, having internal movement um, with the different generations and millennials. You know, with the millennials, they are very much looking to change jobs within a year or two years. So mm. giving them that, instead of having them look externally, giving them that opportunity yeah, to, to build longevity. In the, because in the long run, they're going to build institutional knowledge. That's going to be invaluable. Correct. And if it's a great culture fit, that's invaluable too. If you have a culture fit, they enjoy the leadership, they enjoy the company, that's invaluable. Um, There's always, if you have continuous learners, you can always learn new skill sets. Mm -hmm. How much is HR is regulations? How much of HR is government? Yeah, the the law. So you mean governed by laws or regulatory needs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, How much of that is, you know, if you had to break out a year's, a calendar year's worth of HR work, how much of it is just compliant? um, well, depending on what country you're in, because I work in a very lots of global things, but in the U.S., there's a lot less regulatory. So I would say maybe 20% is compliance work at this point in time. And a lot of systems, you know, if you have a system, a lot of systems account for that compliance work, too, so right. that you can, progr- you can configure that into the system. You know, HR is very much um, there to step back and have the right conversation with people and working on that people experience and the expectations from an employee. If there's one of our listeners is a mid-size company, what what are some things, because not everybody's going to have an HR manager or, or those types of attributes, uh, company size dependent, right? Uh, really big companies would have all these parts and pieces, but what? how does a small company get their hands around HR? I think um, even the big companies are very much going back to keeping it simple Hmm. and having the best people experience. And any company, if you're small, large, medium, should um, is looking for that, right? You kind of talked about compliance. There is some compliance needs, but if there's not a compliance need to keep it simple, I can change my address on Amazon very simply. I should be able to do that within my company very simply. So I think even how big a company, it's 
to keep it simple and keep it in simple language so all employees can understand it. And then also to focus on people experience um, and having the right conversations and doing the right by every employee um, at the company. Is there an industry model of where HR is just outsourced? In the past, you've heard it's not completely outsourced, but more of the Procter and Gamble's and such have a large outsourcing um, so that they outsource the transactional work, the recruitment, um, that stuff. Um, When it comes down to talking about internal mobility, when it comes to working on a leave of absence, that um, normally stays in-house even Mm. when you have an outsource provider. So it's a um, many in an industry of like consumer goods and services, that's where those have been leaders in moving to more a higher outsourcing model. What's the biggest challenge for HR now? Um, I think the biggest, some big challenges is workforce. So there's five generations in the workforce. That's a big challenge because you may have, you know, from a millennial till someone that's looking to retire. So a lot more generations within the workforce. Again, going back to that people experience, I think there was a pendulum switching to standardize and do all that work around HR, but very much focused on having a people experience. So a challenge is around, you know, making sure that you have um, right resources, having those um, discussions and having that experience for your employees. And then in some of the bigger corporations, it's really around the digital experience for employees. We at home are on our phones, talk to our Alexas, you know, you may have VR. We go to work and it's like going back in time that we don't have that digital experience. Yeah, we call right. it the Monday blues. Right. Call it the Monday blues. I, I have at home in my personal life, in my retail world, I have a very good digital experience. <laughs> and I think a lot of companies are focused on how do they bring that to every employee when they come to work. Yeah, I mean, that's that customer, customer experience, right? User experience. It's being able to make all that not cumbersome. Uh, easy to use, accessible 24-7. What, what's so difficult about this in this day and age? Correct. And I think that you've got it nailed. It. And I think um, where the, as we talked about a lot about people experience, and that's very much come from the customer experience, from the retail world. Um, now businesses are like, wait, if we're giving a great customer experience, every person in our company is also a customer. Why aren't we giving them a great people yeah, experience? Yeah, no kidding. That's a great point. How many organizations are not there yet? I mean, is this? do you find any industries that are leading that concept? If you look at industries that may be a little bit ahead of it, is retail and consumer goods and services because of, you know, they're pulling and saying, what do we do for customers? Let's do that for our employees, too. So I think they could be the ones more leading in that area. And the the more resource you put into that type of internal facing uh, interface, the user experience for the employee, it has to add value to the long term, keeping those folks in the business, keeping them there, longevity. Correct. They want, if you see like Richard Brosnan and some of them, once you make your employees happy, they will sing that in praises and help that with your customers, right? Every happy employee is exponentially better for your customer. So if you look, if you make the employee experience great, the customer experience will follow. Well, the last question I'll ask is, so if you've got a small company and you're going to advise this leader of the small company, what would be their best question to ask in an interview 
that helps get that kind of 21st century skill set that's needed for an agile workforce. More than just a CV, because you're talking about character, ethos, things that are behind a person's motivations. You know what I mean? It's more than just where'd you go to school and what'd you get a degree in. And, Correct. You know, it's so much more than that. Some, there is some people that say they talk about your um, talk about your family a little bit, right? There's a question around family because what you learn about family is very enlightening on how they, what kind of the culture they come from, right? Um, another thing I think for the agile mindsets and behaviors, if they can talk about a project that they worked on or an, a product that they worked on for the customer or something to get in that agile mindset and behavior of working within a team, working on something customer facing, and then something maybe another um, question would be around the timing of, you know, tell me a time where you've had to break down a large piece of work into small chunks of uh. work and rolled out things continuously, not that waterfall, right? Mm. Um, So if we were talking about HR, tell me a time that you were looking to simplify policies throughout the company, and how did you go about that? Mm. Um, Because it could be very enlightening if they did a big bang, if they rolled out and lessons learned from that, if they kept it simple, not in legal jargon. So I think... If you ask, like, kind of a, some around a project that they have had, you know, tell me about a project, you know, maybe with policy, maybe with processes, maybe with rolling out a technology, um, and then pepper it in with other questions to see if that, if that agile mindset and behavior is there. Well, I think that's great advice. Thank you, Stephanie. And thank you for being here and sharing your, your world experience. Well, thank you for having me, and I look forward to talking again. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. This program was recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio on the grounds of Chautauqua Institution. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.